Well, welcome everybody. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I have the honor for the second day to be able to bring the sermon. I haven't actually preached at SquadCon in a little while, so this is exciting for me. I haven't been able to do it. I think it's been it's been like a year or two, <laughs> to be completely honest. So I'm excited to be able to do this. And today, really, what we're going to be talking about, the title of my sermon is Working Together as One. Working Together as One and what that really means and the fact that we're going to go through that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We're going to go through that story, what that exactly looks like, why why, why we're told that in the word of God, why the book of Luke tells us about that. But first, what I want to ask you guys, I want to ask you guys a question. Can you think of uh, some games, video games that you guys play that might be just a little bit easier to play with other people? I mean, I, I when I think of easier to play with other people, I think of games like Call of Duty or Battlefield, you got people in your ears to make call outs, people to your right, people to your left. Hey, on your six, you know, you got all those call outs. Battlefield, much more than Call of Duty. Call of Duty is more of a run and gun. But the fact of the matter is, you have the ability to be able to talk with other people, even in MMOs, right? If you're in a raid or in a dungeon, you have different things that are going on, but you always have people with you to be able to go through those things. And if you have people that you know, it's just a lot easier to be able to do that. Rainbow Six Siege, Rainbow, you know, we see Rainbow Six Siege all the time, people playing it, streaming it and things like that. And that is a very, very, very tactical game to the point where you need to know the other people. You can still play with randoms, but it's a lot harder if you're playing with randoms. But another game that I really hadn't picked up until very recently that I think is a lot easier to play with other people. You can solo it, and I, I don't know how people do it, but but Valheim. Who has played Valheim in the chat? Put a five in the chat if you've played Valheim before. This was a very popular game back in like 2019, and I only just got on the I only just got on the bus like maybe like two months ago or something like that. And so about a month ago or so, um some of the staff were playing together. We, we have our staff meetings and things like that, but we all wanted to do something to just kind of bond a little bit more as well. And so we decided all of us were going to get the game Valheim. We're all going to play together. And so we decided we were going to do that. And there was a, you know, a very new to the game. We had no armor, had a couple of wooden clubs, and I'm just running around kind of, kind of, you know, going through the areas. I'm just trying to examine some things. And I, I finally found this like little like stone pedestal. It was like an altar. And I went up and it said that I need to give it two deer head trophies. And then something would happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew that an enemy was going to come out, but I didn't know what type of enemy it was going to be. The, 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 the hardest thing that I had seen takes four hits to, to, to kill with a, with a club. You know, all I got is a wooden club and no armor. What could it possibly throw at me? So Solux comes running over with me. And so it's just being Solux. Merrick is off building her house. AJ Valdez is off building his castle. Amanda, Pastor Amanda is off doing her own thing near the Black Woods because she didn't know she set up her, her uh, house right near all of the enemies. And then, uh, and Pastor, uh, Pastor Dela is also setting up his house. So me and Solux, we decide we're going to, we're going to go over to this altar and we're going to check this thing out. And I sacrificed those two deer heads. And the thing that came out with my wooden club and no armor was none other than a deer that was the size of Goliath with electrified antlers and all these other things. And lightning started shooting out and I died immediately and so did Solux. And we were like, whoa, what just, what just happened? 
Now, once again, we didn't have the greatest armor. Okay. We died in like 0.5 seconds. I went back and I, to get my stuff and I died again, multiple times, just trying to get my stuff. Really. It was a club and like, like a, like, I think I had an ax and that was about it. A wooden club and an ax. It's like a wooden bat. Right. But the thing is, is, you know, fast forward like a few weeks, actually this is this past week. And we brought five people to this pedestal and we, we re-brought it up multiple times and we killed it multiple times. Now, AJ Valdez, unfortunately, he didn't have any armor and he also had only a wooden club at the time. He's really been working hard on his house. So praise the Lord for that. But, uh, but the, th- the fact of the matter is when we had five people over there trying to destroy the same thing, we were all in one accord and we had the same mindset to beat the one thing, it got a lot easier as we continued to defeat it over and over and over again so that we could pick up more antlers for whatever reason the antlers are used for. I think it was like a pickaxe or something like that. It's a very strange game. But I think the same general idea works in our spiritual lives as well. And and it's not just in our spiritual lives when when the enemy is coming against us. We know that the enemy does that. And we definitely need other people in our lives when that happens. But what I more wanted to focus on here is what we can accomplish together, what we can accomplish together as a church, as Christians, as a community, as we go out and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. And so the first point that I want to put up here is that the workers are few. The workers are few. And you've probably heard that verse before. If you've grown up in church, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But have you ever had to complete a task or a project, uh, but you just didn't have enough people to do it. You can think of the school projects, right? When you go into school and you, you got the group project coming, right? Teacher says group project, you get placed into a group and you know that one person, there needs to be a leader in every group, but you always have that one person who's going to probably try and take on the entire project because they don't actually trust you to do anything at all. It happened every time to me. Okay. And I wasn't the one leading it. Like they were like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do anything. I'm like, but this is a group project. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. A lot of times they get a little too overwhelmed and then they get upset with you at the end. Well, you didn't do anything. Well, you told me not to do anything. You know what I mean? But then you have, uh, maybe it's a work project and your boss gives you something to do with some other coworkers, but you just don't have enough people or enough time to be able to complete it. So it's really difficult to do so. But even in a game, this can happen, right? You, you, you have a task that you set out to complete, but you just can't complete it if you don't have enough people to do it. And so the way that I was looking at it, is uh, I'm going to use an MMO example. You guys are like, oh my gosh, he's going to talk about Final Fantasy 14 again. You're right. I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy 14 again because it's great. It's a great game. But anyways, what I would say with the workers are few in an MMO is kind of like going into a high tier raid, which you need eight people to do, but you go in alone without knowing anybody that's going to be in there. You bring up the party finder and you go into a high tier raid. You don't know the mechanics at first. You don't know the people, you don't know their classes, you don't understand anything, and you just go in at it alone. And to be completely honest, it is brutal when you do something like that. It is very brutal because you don't have any comms. The only comms you have is typing on your keyboard. So people are trying to type in directions for you. And honestly, it's really difficult to type in directions for a high tier rate. It is not the simplest thing in the world. And so I would say that would be like the workers are few. 
There's not enough people and you're not going to be able to accomplish exactly what it is that you want to accomplish during that moment. But I think, you know, as you, this is like walking in alone, right? But I do think that this is something that has actually been going on since the time of Jesus. I think that this has been a, a theme, you know, whether it's a project or something that's going, been going on since the time of Jesus. So I don't want, wanted to read for you guys. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. And it says this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Some of your translations, if you have a different one, it will say 70. They you know, it goes back and forth in different translations, 72 others. And he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them the harvest is abundant. There's people out there to get, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, a traveling bag, sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go into the streets and say, we are wiping off even the dust of your town that clings to our feet as a witness against you. Know this for certain. The kingdom of God has come near. This is a hard verse here. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Sodom was destroyed. I just want to put that out there if you don't know the Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah were completely destroyed with sulfur and fire. So if it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom, you can understand what Jesus is saying. It's not going to be tolerable for them either. <laughs> so, But anyways, I want to point out something in verse 2 that Jesus states. He's got 72 people around him. He's got 72 people around him, but then he says, but that's just not enough. The workers are few. He's not even talking about the future here. He's saying right now in this moment, the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 72 people, it's just not enough to accomplish what we're, what we're, going, what we're going to be doing. But he sends them out anyways. And here's the question I have. Why do people not go out and give the gospel? There's, Jesus commands us to do something, but there's so many times that people do not go out and give the gospel. And I think that there are excuses that people make for not give it, going out and giving the gospel. I'm not saying they're trying to make excuses just because they don't want to do it, but I do, pe I do believe that people think these things in their head. And so it hinders them from bringing out the gospel to other people. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the capital C church. I think this is going on in the Christians all around the world. So what are some of these excuses? I'm too new to go out and tell others about Christ. Let me tell you something. If you are a new Christian, you got something more than those people out there that don't know Christ, okay? You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have something to give. You have life to give. You have joy to give. You have the daily bread to bring to them because they don't know what that is yet. You have Jesus Christ to be able to give. 
And then other people will say, I'm not equipped to do this. I'm, I'm not equipped enough to go out. Listen, Jesus calls the unqualified, okay? He will equip you. He will equip. He qualifies the unqualified. He will equip you if he has called you to do something. A lot of people say, it's too hard. It's outside of my comfort zone, right? God wouldn't want me to be uncomfortable. I've heard this one before. Let me, let me read this for you again, okay? I'm just going to throw this out there. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think he's saying that you that you're going to be comfortable during this. Then he says, "Don't carry your wallet, don't bring your backpack, don't bring your Nike's and don't greet anyone along the road." It is going to be uncomfortable at times. It is going to be difficult at times. And then I think the final excuse that a lot of people say is, "Well, other people can do it. Other people can do it." And the unfortunate statistic in a lot of churches, and I saw this in a past church that I used to be a part of, it's like 80% will do, or 80% won't do the work, and the 20% will do the work. And then the past church that I had, it was actually a 90-10. 10% of the people in the church were doing the work, and 90% of the people wouldn't. People would say, well, that's for the pastor to do. That's for the leaders to do. I'm just here to sit back, be a part, and that's it. I'm not giving into the ministry. I'm doing my own thing on my, listen, I don't care where you work. I don't care if you're a pastor or if you're a plumber. I don't care if you're a mechanic or if you're singing on the worship team, you have something to give to other people. You have the gift that God has given to you to be in ministry. And I believe that every single person is supposed to be in ministry. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I think the reason why the workers are few is because we allow this to happen. I know this is hard for some of you to hear right now because you might be thinking in your life right now, like, man, I haven't been doing so much. But here's the thing. The word of God is convicting, okay? I'm not saying this to to bring you guys down. I'm telling you this because I want to see a change in the world. I want to see people being lifted up. I want to see people's lives being transformed. So that's the reason why I'm telling you. I'm not telling you this, like I said, to bring you down and tear you down. I'm not saying that you're doing something wrong specifically in your life. I'm just saying this because I truly believe that when we are doing things together, that God can accomplish something that we never dreamt was even possible. I truly believe that. So now we're going to move on. We're going to go to the 72's accomplishment. Even though Jesus basically stated in verse two that 72 is just a few, that doesn't mean that nothing could be accomplished. We're going to go back to my MMO example again, okay? When you go into a high-tier raid, you don't have the whole entire party, but you have one, two, maybe three people that you know who are going into the raid. It's a little bit easier, right? I can tell you that me and Vic Sigma go into high-tier raids, and when I didn't know them, he'd be in my ear. This is what you did wrong. This is what you need to do. You need to go here. This is what, And I knew his voice. I understood how he was playing. I understood what he was telling me to do. But then you have other people, six other people in the raid that are doing completely different things, different mechanics. They're, they're trying to take care of mechanics in different ways and people dying all over the place. So you you're still might be able to accomplish a little bit more than you would if you went in alone. But more than likely, the desired outcome is not going to be exactly what you wanted. You might not get the result that you want. But with God, even using the 72 people, 
they were able to accomplish a lot. They were able to accomplish a lot when they worked together. See, Jesus sent them all out separately in pairs, as we read, for the same purpose and for the same goal. They were in one accord going out with the same purpose. So I want to tell you guys what happens when the 72 returns. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. The 72, that's so important. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. When they went out and did what Jesus told them to do, they had great success. They had victory over the power of Satan. Listen, it doesn't mean that Satan fell from heaven. We already know the different times that Satan from, fell from heaven, what the Bible tells us. But it means that they had victory over the power of the demons and over the power that Satan holds. They had victory over him. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw his power being diminished because of what you guys were doing. The disciples had authority given by Jesus to have victory over demonic spirits, over Satan in Jesus's name. And this was only 72 people that Jesus sent out. But I do think it's good to note here that 72 people returned. 72 people returned. It wasn't 68. It wasn't 70. It wasn't even 71. It says the 72 returned. There was not one person, there was not one person that was hindered from actually coming back and celebrating in the victory. But something I want to point out here, does this mean that no harm will come to you? Because it says, and nothing will harm you. Does this mean that no harm will come to you if you follow Jesus and give the gospel? No. That's not what that means. I think that's talking in a different context. I thought think I think that's talking more of a spiritual context. I'm sure when the 72 came back, they probably were celebrating, but they were also telling each other about their struggles. Yo, yo, Tim, come over here. Yeah, we didn't know if we were going to live. We were we actually didn't have food for 4 days, and man, it was it was brutal. And, and Tim says, "Bob, yeah, I, I was I was with you right there. And also we had no clothes for a few days, but we found this house and they gave us some clothes. They had the peace thing that Jesus was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that. And I'm sure they had the same struggles going on. They were talking, but they were celebrating the victory together. And all 72 of them came back. All of them came back. But could you imagine if Jesus had sent out more than 72 people? Now, Jesus could have sent out more, and there's a reason why he sent out the people that he sent out. But could you imagine if he sent out 100? Could you imagine if he sent out 200 or 300 people? Could you imagine if he sent out 1,000 people? Now, Jesus was going to those places as well, so there would have been a lot of places that he was going. But the fact of the matter is, could you imagine if Jesus was sending out more than just 72 people? how much more of an effect they could have had in the area that they were in at the time. It could have been much greater than what they were even doing then. Once again, that was a part of the plan of God, and it's a perfect plan. And so there's a reason for that. 
But I do believe that if there was more sent out, there may have been able to be more of effect because there's more people doing the will of God and what he was purposing for them to do. So my last point for you is imagine what we all can do. Imagine what we all can do. Going back to the MMO example one last time, when you go into a high tier raid and you know each and every person in the raid and you play with them consistently, man, you're going to be able to do some things that you never thought were possible, okay? Because you know the voices that are in your ear. You know what jobs and what classes they are. You know where they're placed on the map. You know where you're supposed to go. People are making call-outs and you know what that voice is exactly. And so you know exactly what to do, where to go, and at what time because you play with them consistently. It's just, it's just much better because you know everybody that's in there. There's not one person who doesn't know the other people that's in there. Everybody knows each other and has a connection. And I think that's really important in those types of games, to honestly, to be able to have something like that. But I do believe in our spiritual lives as well. Every single person has a gift and a purpose that God has given them. We all make up the body of Christ. We all make up the body of Christ. And I do think that we can be the difference and how Christ's, move, Christ's body is moving in this world. Maybe, you, maybe you're the elbow, right? But it's not reaching out. Why is Christ's arm not reaching out? Because you're not, being, you're not actually allowing the elbow to extend. Maybe you're the fingers and you're not grabbing onto things. Why is it not grabbing? Well, because you know the fist isn't closing. Because the fingers aren't closing. Because maybe you're one of the fingers. Maybe you're the thumb, the knee, the ankle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we all are, right? Obviously, it's just a metaphor, but the fact of the matter is Christ is the head and we are just the body and we're just moving and we're doing the things that Christ has told us to do. We are all the body of Christ. And I do think that we can hinder how Christ's body is moving if we're not doing what God has called us and created us to do. So I want to read for you guys 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. It says, for just as the body is one and has many parts in all the parts of that body, Though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Can can you get the theme here? One, (laughs) okay? Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, MMO people, battle royale people, I don't care who you are, we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part but many, okay? The body is one, but it's made up of many parts. How much of a difference, man, how much of a difference could we be making if each and every one of us was doing what Christ has asked us to do? If we were all ministering, like I said before, a lot of people, they say, well, that's the pastor's job to minister. Well, that's that person's job. It's the leader's job to minister. We all need to be ministering to people. Like I said before, I don't care if you're a plumber, a mechanic, if you're the worship leader, or if you're a football player on a football field, we are all in ministry together. We are supposed to continue to reach out, to grab people, to tell them who Jesus Christ is, to give them the gospel. I'm not telling you to go out on the streets and start preaching from a bullhorn, but creating relationships, in-depth relationships with those people with the intent of telling them who Jesus Christ is. And I guarantee you, when you walk out every 
of your door every single morning if you go outside. You know, some of some of us like to stay inside. But when you go out every single day and you ask God for opportunities to be able to show the love and the light of Jesus Christ to other people, you better believe that He's going to allow you to see those types of things. And then you're going to be tested, and you need to be bold, and we need to be stepping out and telling other people about Jesus Christ. Because listen, every single time that somebody accepts Jesus Christ, all of heaven is celebrating, and we should be celebrating when that happens too, because it's an amazing thing that they have been saved for all of eternity. There is a real hell. There is a real heaven. But every single time that somebody accepts Jesus Christ, they are going to be with Jesus for all of eternity. They can understand that joy. They can understand that love, that peace that only Jesus Christ can bring. Can you imagine if every single person in here was praying for for healing, for those that are sick, for those that are being hindered, if we were all praying for those marriages that people are saying, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it, but we're all praying for them and we're encouraging them. They're getting counseling from people and they're, they're getting godly advice and we continue to pray. We have 50 people, 100 people praying for them and the marriage is being restored and it's being renewed and it's flourishing because of the prayers that we are doing, because of the help that we are giving. Can you imagine what this world would be like if we were all doing what Jesus told us to do? Could you imagine how many people, listen, there's a statistic that made me really sad six years ago. A pastor came to me and he said, I want to tell you something. And I said, okay, I don't know why he wanted to tell me this, but he did. Maybe it's for the purpose of this sermon. He said, 98% of Christians will never lead somebody to Jesus Christ. 98% of Christians will never lead somebody to Jesus Christ. Guys, there's so many people in this chat right now. And there's people out there that are in our community. And they need to know who Jesus is. Because there is a real hell. And it's not going to be fun. Jesus, the fifth most thing that Jesus talked about is hell. It is real. It is a very real thing. And the reason why Jesus came to this earth was to die for us so that we could be saved and so that we could tell other people that there is a way, that there is a way to be able to be freed from this. And I know that might be a hard thing to hear for some of you right now. Jesus Christ paid a debt that we did not have to pay. And I praise him every single day that for my screw-ups, for my sins, for the things that I do, he paid it for me anyways, because he knew that I was worth it. I don't even think that I'm worth it. But why did Jesus think that I was worth it? He was in part of creating me. He was in part of creating you. And he said, you are worth it. And I truly think that each of us using our gifts and our talents man, we could be changing the world for Jesus Christ. We could be changing the world for his name and for his purpose and what he does. Together, we can change the world and accomplish so much because Jesus is leading us all. So I want you to just take a moment. I want you to take a deep look in your life. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Like I said, some of these things are convicting. It's not to tear you down. It's not to say, hey, you're doing these things wrong. But what I'm saying is we need to be better. We need to be better in this. Are you using the gifts that God has given you for his purpose? Are you using the gifts that God God has given you something? Are you using it 
for his purpose? Are you sharing the gospel with others? If not, why not? Are you using one of the examples that I gave above? Or is there something else that's going on maybe that I I didn't mention that you have something going on? But listen, we were commanded by God to do this. We need to be so loving for other people that we are willing to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what your gift is, because I know a lot of people, they say to me, hey, I don't know what my gift is, Pastor Boz. Ask the Lord and spend time with him. Talk to one of our pastors, talk to one of our leaders and allow them to help guide you into what your gifts and talents might be that God has blessed you with. I think we can, we can, we can only make a difference if we're using the gifts that God has given us for his glory. Listen, every single one of you has a purpose and every single one of you has gift. I truly believe that. I don't think there's one person on this earth that God created without a gift or a purpose. Every single one of you has one. But right now, I also want to take an opportunity for those that have never accepted Jesus Christ in your life. You, you just heard the story of Jesus. You just heard the story of Jesus, that Jesus Christ came from his throne, that he came down to this earth, and he lived a completely pure, perfect life. And he died on the cross for you. He said, your sins Sora Oblivion, I am Prepong, Warren of the Sand, you were worth it. TGI Fish, Bezush, Dark, Dark, Draknardo, I always say that name wrong, but you were worth it. Pastor Boz, you are worth it. I created you with a purpose in mind. I created you with gifts and you've messed up at times and you've sinned, but I'm going to pay that debt for you anyways. And Jesus went to the cross and he died a criminal's death. The one that I was supposed to be in pain for, for all of eternity. And he paid it for me. And then he rose from the grave through the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit, showing that sin couldn't hold him down, that the barrier of the grave couldn't hold him. And that power that Jesus had and that authority that he has over sin in the grave is now given to us because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Through the power of Jesus, we now have power over the grave. We now have power over sin because of the power that Jesus and the authority that Jesus has given to us through him. And so one day when we die, we're all going to die in this earth. Let's be honest. It's one thing that most people share in common, right? We're all going to die. It's a matter of whether we've accepted Jesus Christ into our life or not. And so I want to tell you that when we do accept Jesus Christ into our lives, our sins are forgiven. Our hearts are made clean. It is white as snow, no matter what you've done, no matter what baggage you're carrying. Jesus Christ died for you so that you could be with him for all of eternity. And so I want to give an opportunity to those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ, or maybe an opportunity to those of you that maybe you've fallen away for a long time. Maybe you've been living in sin and you know that you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You need to make things right. Hey, I want to give you that opportunity as well. And in the prayer that I'm going to ask you to repeat, it's, it's not a prayer. It's not like magic words or anything. You're not praying to me. You're praying to God and you're saying, God, you know, th- this is what I'm committing to you. And like I said, I, I just, I think it's, I think the prayer is a good thing to use. It's a tangible thing so that one day, maybe in the future, you're doubting your salvation, but you can go back and you can remember, I remember the day 
that I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. I remember that day. I remember the freedom that I felt. I remember the transformation that happened in my life. And so I can use that. You can use that and say, listen, I remember that moment, that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ and committed my life to him. And so if you do want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time today, or if you want to rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is to pray this prayer after me. Let's pray. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe that he died on a cross. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I accept your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. In Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ into their lives? Or maybe you've just rededicated your life. Put some hype in the chat. And hey, listen, I want you to know if you made that decision today, this is a decision that you are never going to regret. And congratulations. If you want to put a yes in the chat that you've made that decision today to rededicate your life, or maybe you just accepted him for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And so thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for putting the hype in the chat because it is truly an amazing thing. I know that people that are accepting either right now, maybe they're watching on VOD or YouTube or one of our many podcasts, those people that are accepting Jesus Christ, it is, it's a celebrating thing that is going, a celebratory victory that's happening in heaven right now, which is absolutely amazing. And hey, if you did just accept Jesus, if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point connect in the chat, what I would ask you to do is click on that link fill out that form. This is a way for us to be able to connect with you. We're not going to spam you with emails or anything like that. We want to be able to connect with you though, to help you know, what are your next steps? What are the next steps that you, you can take at this point in time? And so, uh, you know, you might have questions like, how do I pray? Where do I start reading in the Bible? What's a good place to start? And, and maybe I've heard about this water baptism thing. I just saw this water baptism last night from somebody I don't really know what that's about. I, I don't know why we do that. We'd love to be able to answer those questions and any other questions that you might have for us. And we want to walk with you on this journey because it's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something brand new in your lives. And so once again, congratulations to those people that have just accepted Jesus Christ. And right now, guys, I am going to throw it over to Pastor AJ to end the service as, uh, as SquadCon continues for the rest of today and tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a powerful, powerful message from Pastor Boz there. Amen. Working together as one. We are better together, guys. We're better together whether you play an MMO are you doing the, the, the life with us. We are better together. And look at the harvest is plentiful, like he said, and the labors are few, but we are the body of Christ and we all have different talents. What a powerful, powerful message. Can we get some amens in the chat for Pastor Boz? That was powerful. Thank you so much. This is just it's just getting better and better, squad cut. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, man. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling it. This is this, this is powerful. This this summer, I'm just we're just blessed that we have um, pastors on staff that have the such a heart. You could feel his heart there at the end too when he was. Man, I, I, I was I, I was broken because man, like this is just this is what this is what it's all about. Reaching others and and bringing others into the body of Christ. And guys, honestly, thank you so much, Pastor Boss, for that message. And like he said before, if you're new here, you can connect with us by typing the exclamation point connect in chat. 
and we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to do life to you. We with do life with you. We don't want you to do this journey all by yourself. We're here for you. And also, guys, it's all made possible. This is all made possible that we're able to do this. We're able to come here on Twitch and able to reach people throughout the week, all because of your faithful giving. I want to encourage you, if, if this if you call it God's Squad Church, your church, continue to continue to give. You know, in Luke 6 38, it says this given, it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. I remember when um, in, in Ireland they had this, this this booth at the mall, right? That you can fill up these, you can put all these gummy bears into this. Like they didn't do it by weight; they did it by how much you can fit into the into the pack. And how we know that that they made mistakes there with AJ because they know AJ's gonna. I, I was gonna go in. I was gonna smash all those yeah, as many as I can. That's what the Bible's saying here. That it's gonna be pressed down. I used to shake it, get, get more in, and then get more on top of it. Pressed down, shake it together, and it was running over. I, I could barely even close the lid. And that's what God does for us. As we give, as we step out in faith, it's an act of worship. And we're saying, God, look at I'm trusting you more than I'm relying on these finances. I trust you, God. And he's going to give it to you, uh, uh, pressed down, shake it together, and overflowing. So uh, uh, important, it's important to your lap. It says also, for the measure you use to give, it will be given to you. I want to encourage you. All this is made possible. The reason why we can reach, the reason why we can continue to, to spread the gospel here on Twitch and, and, to this, and, to, and bring more into the body of Christ is all because you're giving. And there's a couple of safe and secure ways that you can give. You can go to the panels below right there and click on the PayPal link. That um, That's that's one way to give. Um, you could also, um, oh, let me see. Sorry. My, my links are messed up here. You can also text um, any amount to 84321, or you can visit our website, GodSquadChurch.com. And honestly, I just want to continue to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for giving. All this is made possible because of your generosity. And you're, you're, you're even though you might not be able to physically help us, but your, your, your finances are going to the furnace of the gospel. We want to just thank you so much.